My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people that are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I will be speaking with Laith Maroof and Christiana Clemens. It is easy to assume that anything which is positioned as somehow outside the mainstream, an organization, a project, a political tendency, a media outlet, or whatever, must automatically be different from and better than the dominant default in all respects. Of course, those of us who have been involved for any length of time in efforts labeled grassroots or community or progressive or radical in whatever sphere know that such spaces are best understood as opportunities to push against the harms and marginalizations that are woven through our social world, and as works in progress, not as final victories already won. Laith Maroof and Christiana Clemens are both involved in the Community Media Advocacy Center, or CMAC, Maroof as staff and Clemens as the organization's president. They and the other people involved in CMAC all have long-term experience working in grassroots broadcast media, predominantly in the community radio sector, but some relevant to the community television sector as well, both in a range of local stations and in national organizations that represent these sectors. Maroof and Clemens are deeply committed to community media, but their experience has shown that racism, settler colonialism, misogyny, homophobia, and other axes of oppression that shape the broader society are also at work in most community media spaces and organizations. One manifestation of this is that while community radio stations in the larger urban centers in Canada often make space on air for indigenous, racialized, ethnic, and linguistic minorities, that is seldom reflected in the staff or governing boards of even these stations, while stations in smaller centers often significantly underrepresent marginalized communities at every level. As a consequence, the national organizations are similarly unrepresentative. As well, when Maroof, Clemens, and others have in the past pushed stations and national sectoral groups to take issues of equity and access seriously, the response has often been hostility and resistance. And all of this connects to the fact that the federal regulatory framework that governs broadcast media as a whole is implemented such that it systematically furthers the marginalization of already marginalized voices, stories, communities, and struggles. The impetus for the founding of CMAC in 2015 was a desire to push for progress on issues of equity and access for marginalized communities in the community media sector without having to navigate the constant resistance from within existing local and sectoral organizations. The group's focus so far has been pushing for changes at the policy level around issues of access and equity with the federal regulatory body responsible for broadcast media, the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission, or CRTC, offering support to indigenous communities and to ethnic, racialized, and linguistic minority communities in navigating the licensing process, and doing educational and capacity-building work related to community media with those communities. 
Maroof and Clemens talk with me about the importance of challenging settler colonialism, racism, sexism, heterosexism, and other forms of marginalization in community media contexts, about the value of intervening in policy processes, and about the work of the Community Media Advocacy Center. We spoke by Skype and Skype to phone. I'm Christiana Clements. I am a community radio practitioner and a musician, sound artist, and facilitator. And I'm the president of the Community Media Advocacy Center, or CMAC. And my name is Leif Maruf. I am a community media practitioner, um, worked in the community radio and television sectors, and then I work as a consultant for the Community Media Advocacy Center. CMAC is an organization that we started last year. A lot of different activists and practitioners of community media noticing that there is no advocacy happening in the sector and the huge gap that is there in services for indigenous and ethnic communities in regards to community media. We decided to start the organization so we can help indigenous and ethnic communities in licensing and also to advocate for community media in general at the CRTC, the Canadian Radio and Television Commission. And CMAC also exists as a learning and knowledge sharing organization to help build capacity in indigenous and other community groups that want to or are operating community media outlets. I first got involved in community radio uh, about 25 years ago. <laughs> I was a teenager in my first year of university at the University of Alberta, and I walked into the sort of bunker-like halls of CJSR-FM, the campus station based at the University of Alberta. And within a few weeks, I was operating a radio show. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I had been already, as a high school student, a listener and fan of community radio, and I was really interested in music. So that was my gateway. And although it wasn't related to my field of study, it seemed like over time, my interest in it and the opportunities that it created for me just developed into my career for the next quarter of a century. I have volunteered and participated in more than half a dozen stations across Canada, and I've participated in a number of community media and media democracy organizations, including the Indie Media Center and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. I guess over all of that time, while I found community radio really kind of a magical space for people to work together across lines of difference, for creativity, for personal expression, for creating messages that can act as an antidote to commercial and, and government media messaging. I also found that our community media organizations often replicate a lot of the same oppressive dynamics that we see in other more mainstream media and in our society writ large. And so my engagement with CMAC comes as a response to experiences of a lot of misogynist, racist, and settler colonial dynamics within community media outlets that I've witnessed or experienced over my years of involvement in the sector. And just a quick interruption to apologize to listeners for the fragments of someone's band practice that snuck into the background of the clip that you just heard and, unfortunately, the clip that's coming up. If you bear with us through the upcoming clip, though, the rest of the episode is clear. The first thing that brought me into community media was my understanding as a Palestinian, an Arab, a Muslim, 
that mainstream media in the West will never be a place where my community could be able to amplify its voice or make its opinions heard. There is no place for Palestine in the corporate and the public sector, and there is a huge amount of anti-Muslim, anti-Arab content being aired on those sectors. So in this context, and in the context of myself being an activist working on Palestinian liberation in Canada, that's where I understood that the place for my community to get its voice heard is in the community media sector. And so my involvement started from that point. And so within that context, I started getting involved in community radio. I produced a CKUT radio here in McGill, a senior community radio show called Under the Olive Tree. It is now currently the only Palestinian community radio show on air in Canada. And from that point on, I worked towards bettering my community's representation in Canada and the community radio sector. And that led me to getting involved in the community radio association, the National Community Radio Association. NCRA, which I eventually served as the equity officer in that organization. And again, just like Christiana, you know, all this involvement and going uh, to the highest levels of the community radio sector made me realize that there is a huge limitation being faced, even though there is a small space on air for communities like mine in the community radio sector. The truth is that the majority of the sector is riddled with racism, misogyny, sexism, homophobia, and there is specifically no place for jobs and or positions on boards of directors for anybody that comes from marginalized communities. There may be space on air, specifically in the urban centers, but in the majority of the stations, not even on air is there a space. Given that context and the context of the marginalization of indigenous and ethnic voices within the licensing spectrum of the CRTC, which has a separate policy for ethnic and what they call Aboriginal broadcasters, segregating them even within the law. That is what pushed us to create CMAC in order to fill these huge gaps in order to also build our own and our community's knowledge base around the policies and the regulator itself and how to better our position. Myself and Gretchen King, who is a longtime producer in the community radio sector in Canada and the United States, after multiple situations that we witnessed at the National Community Radio Association and or the Canadian Association of Community Television Users and Stations, CACTUS, of discrimination, of racism and sexism and homophobia, and the fact that, in general, advocacy work for those issues of equity was creating a lot of conflict constantly, where those who were putting those issues of equity and representation forward were being targeted by the majority straight white male population that usually comes to these conferences and these associations. In that context, and the fact that we reached the limit of what we can do within those organizations, given the history that most of uh, those who are involved in CMAC right now have actually reached the highest levels possible within those structures. I tried for almost a decade to make any changes, even small changes that could make a difference to the communities requesting equity and representation. That is, in that context, we created CMAC in order to, on the one hand, 
avoid having to constantly battle those who are opposing equity and to actually concentrate the work on engagement with the regulator, the CRTC, who's supposed to be responsible for representation and equity within our media spectrum. I believe Gretchen Olaith contacted me in August of last year about this idea, and they were in contact with a colleague of ours, Chris Albanati, who had been involved working with us in community radio in Montreal and had since moved on to become a lawyer with a legal practice specializing in Indigenous law. And we quickly contacted a couple of other colleagues from the community media sector and formed a board of directors with the legal advisor and Gretchen Leith being consulting staff for the organization. From there, it was a very quick process to submit the articles of incorporation, have them approved by Industry Canada, develop our bylaws. Right now, CMAC, in less than a year that it's been active, has managed to appear at the community television policy review uh, that happened in January. We've been involved in multiple licensing efforts for Indigenous radio stations in Canada. So you could see immediately that just by concentrating our efforts as individuals with a lot of background knowledge of the sector, we're able to achieve our goals. So one of the things that I've encountered, and I'm sure you've encountered as well among activists and producers in the community media sector, is a certain skepticism about the value of working on policy issues. Why don't you talk about why you think it's important for people to be engaged with and active on policy questions when it comes to community media, rather than just producing content? First of all, I want to say that the skepticism is completely justified. These policy frameworks, both at the federal level and within our own community media organizations, are most frequently used and manipulated to further marginalize and exclude already oppressed groups and individuals from participation. So I think that there's a skepticism based in an understanding that the policy frameworks that currently exist both at the federal level and in the nonprofit sector as it relates to community media, more often than not, don't actually serve the needs of the most vulnerable people who might want to participate and be active in those processes. Now, the importance then in having advocacy to pursue better policy is that those policies do need to change. We need equity and access, particularly in the nonprofit community media sector. And our federal government needs to respect and reflect that as it says it will on paper and yet clearly does not through its actual legislative proceedings and policies with regard to media. And in our stations as well, we need to do a better job of ensuring equitable access to the airwaves for people that have been systematically denied that access and excluded from that access. And that can't happen without some kind of underpinning from policy. And it's in many cases not happening because the policies either aren't strong enough or just aren't being adhered to. It is true policy work, legal work in general, in a situation where you live in a colonial settler state like Canada, does not always have any results and takes a lot of work and effort. But that does not mean that 
we should leave that venue open for those who are in opposition to our views of equity and inclusion. So in that sense of knowing that social change requires to actually fight at every venue and every space that is in society open for discussion for the views that we want to progress. Without that, the regulator would be inundated with all the corporate interests and so on, which it is already. CMAC got involved in the community television policy review in January, and it was very clear throughout the process and finally the results that came out last month that the interests of corporations have overshadowed any discussion of equity and community in new policy. But that doesn't mean that our contribution as CMAC shouldn't be there. On the contrary, now it's on the record that a community advocacy group had deposited all this evidence to show the problems in the policy. So at least there's that. The other thing is that in general, we can't be defeatist. If you don't believe in the possibility of change, then why are you working on change? That's one thing. The, the other is issues of representation and equity. The number one thing about them is taking space. If you cannot visibly show that your community and your identity or whatever it is exists in the public space, then it doesn't exist for the majority of the population. One of the things that has come out quite strongly in your conversation today and that's very prominent on your website is the importance of working with and supporting indigenous communities in particular in terms of grassroots media. Talk about why you think that's important politically and about the kinds of things that CMAC has done to engage with and support indigenous communities. So fundamentally, CMAC exists to promote equitable access to media broadcasting and to foster more equitable relationships between systematically marginalized or oppressed community groups and the federal government and its systems. Now, living under settler colonialism, as Leith mentioned, obviously one of the most overtly and obviously marginalized groups within this system that we have is our Indigenous peoples, First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. So, of course, we want to have special attention to working with Indigenous groups who want to either have access to community media licensing or advocate for different interests related to community media in their communities at the federal level. So I think there's no doubt that it's important. Also, our experience working with the major national organizations that represent community radio and television is that there is systemic settler colonialism within those organizations. Insofar as Indigenous broadcasting and views generally are underrepresented, if not tokenized, frankly. So clearly there's a need. There's no other media organization that is making a direct effort to build relationships with and advocate for and support Indigenous broadcasters in their aims with regard to community broadcasting. So how are we going about that to date? Well, first of all, half of our board is Indigenous women. 
We had a really fabulous broadcaster from Bella Coola, BC, who's also a film producer, Banshi Hanus, was on our board as a founding member. And more recently, Dana Wesley, a Cree woman now living in Peterborough with a lot of experience in community radio, has also joined the board of directors. And myself, whose ancestry is Red River Métis, as well as half Icelandic. So that is a key part of ensuring that we have representation at our governance level of Indigenous peoples in our own operations. And then in terms of other work that we've done to date, we are working with the Wawate Network to support them in their applications for community radio station licenses. And more importantly, we are working with scholars at the University of Ottawa to help organize a conference for Indigenous broadcasters, particularly radio practitioners, that would be taking place in Ottawa next June, though the planning for this is still in the early stages, and would involve a series of pre-consultations in different regions, followed by the main national gathering in Ottawa in June, to bring Indigenous community media and broadcast practitioners and creators together to talk about what their needs are with regard to community radio, particularly ahead of an Indigenous broadcasting policy review that the CRTC has stated is on its agenda for the coming years. What kinds of changes need to happen in local organizations, meaning things like local community radio stations, in order to challenge the kinds of marginalizations that CMAQ is focused on? There's no doubt that better policies for equitable hiring and board recruitment practices and more affirmative action-oriented policies in those regards are imperative in our community media organizations, both locally in the communities and in terms of the national membership and funding organizations. Another key player in all of this is the Community Radio Fund of Canada, which is the single national funding body for community radio. Its governance has also traditionally been disproportionately white-coded. So we need to think about these issues at all levels. The CRTC Commission itself, in terms of the commissioners adjudicating these policies and proceedings, is throughout its history been 98.1% white, meaning there have only been two or three people of color or Indigenous people in those positions ever, one of whom was recently summarily dismissed uh, as a result of ongoing conflicts, which seem to stem around that individual's accusations of racism within the proceedings of the CRTC. Clearly, more equitable and affirmative action-oriented policies to get people from traditionally marginalized and oppressed groups into positions of dialogue and decision-making at, at all levels is key. But another key component that I've discovered in my years of working community radio is for groups at the community level to really have a commitment to uh, anti-oppressive training, anti-oppressive framework for their operations. The station that I worked with most recently, CFRC in Kingston, has had mandated anti-oppression training as part of its volunteer orientation for the past decade or more. And that kind of preemptive action, getting people from the moment they walk in the door, there's a built shared understanding of how to have difficult conversations about behaviors, actions that are oppressive, 
about what oppression is and how it plays out in our relationships and our communities, about how people are systematically disenfranchised and unjustly caught up in the immigration and the carceral system. All of these issues, getting them on the table and having dialogue about them within our local organizations is, is also imperative in order to not foster a culture that simply does recreate the status quo of our society in which we are living under settler colonialism through systemic racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, and under capitalism, fueling it all. And the impacts that poverty, particularly as intersected with other forms of oppression, has on limiting access for people to the resources that our community media organizations can offer, let alone the national membership or funding or regulatory systems as well, where it's quite rare that people living in poverty have an opportunity to participate in high-level decision-making. So how would you recommend that listeners, whether they are community media practitioners themselves or just people who like and consume community media, engage with the kinds of policy questions that we've been talking about today? Well, CMAC is providing this venue somewhat, whether through our policy engagements and our licensing engagements. The way that the CRTC works is that when there is a policy review and or license application or review, the public is given a chance to intervene, like a 40-day usually window for communities to write their letters and opinions about the license and or the policy. CMAC is hoping to be able to, through our buildup of our activities, mobilize the communities that are seeking this equity and representation on our airwaves and the communities that are producing content that delivers on those goals to become more active at the CRTC and to take more space. So when Christiana mentioned the national conference that we're working towards for next year for bringing together the indigenous broadcasters and practitioners, this will include obviously the nations themselves that are represented on that. And hopefully by the end of this process, there will be a network created through this of people that are ready and active on the issue and are empowered through gaining as much knowledge as they can on the processes and the policies and envisioning what they want to put forward as the solutions or alternatives that they want to be realized. So through this, you know, we're encouraging those people to come to CMAX's website. We have a mailing list you can subscribe to also for the public in general, anybody that's interested in the issues and activities of CMAX and in general of, of the media realm in Canada. You have been listening to my interview with Laith Marouf and Christiana Clemens of the Community Media Advocacy Centre. To learn more about their work, go to cmacenter.wordpress.com. That's cmacenter.wordpress.com. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. 
I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week.